Welcome back to Getting Into Good Trouble, where we dig through the rubble to find the trouble. We're your hosts, Miller and Ansley. Hi, Ansley. What will we be discussing today? Hi, Miller. As you know, last week we discussed what distance learning has been like for high school students staying home because of COVID-19 and learned about the sacrifices the class of 2020 has made to try and beat this virus. This week, we would like to turn our attention to the teachers. This is an unprecedented time for them, too. Right. Nobody could have predicted this situation, so no one was really prepared for it. This is the first week of April 2020, and we are living in a unique time. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know that currently the world pandemic of coronavirus, more accurately COVID-19, is our community, our country, and really the world on temporary shutdown to try to slow the spread of this aggressive respiratory virus. Ben, are we making any progress? Yes and no. Currently, new cases are starting to level out in some countries, but cases in the U.S. continue to rise at an alarming rate. In the last three weeks, schools have adapted to the situation of having to conduct emergency remote learning. We wanted to hear from our teachers because many of them have had to adapt to an entirely new way of planning, teaching, and giving feedback, sometimes while managing their own kids who are home right now. Just for clarification, in these interviews, you will hear teachers talk about ID or Innovation Diploma, which is a program out of school where students do outward-facing, real-world work and problem-solving for local companies. These are called design briefs. What has been the most challenging part of distance learning so far? So I think the most challenging thing has been as a school and especially an innovation diploma. We focus so much on the relational aspects of learning that we've had to think of different ways of being able to connect with students. The work that we do is so critical that we have that face-to-face interaction. I feel like us all being separate, we've just had to figure out like, what is that going to be? For me, being a teacher that teaches in a maker space been very challenging because our hands-on, mind-on learning, we've kind of lost our hands, if you would. But because I'm not in that space, I'm, I'm in in my maker space here in my basement, I'm limited in what examples I can share with them. We as a school value relationships so much. So that whole thing that we say all the time around like relationships are foundational learning has been made so incredibly obvious to me over the last two weeks. The hardest part is missing out on the face-to-face contact and being able to just walk around the classroom, connect with a student for 10, 15 seconds when they just need that quick check-in. So I definitely miss the face-to-face interaction, the personal connection. For the most part, we're all in family quarantines, right? So there's this added element of kind of grieving the loss of our normal lives while also transitioning to this home learning plan. And And I think people are missing seeing their friends and missing human contact. That's my perception right now of what the challenge is, probably the biggest challenge. The work that we do in Innovation Diploma lends itself to be out and doing observation work. And we can't do that right now. Where they need to be out doing ethnography and interviewing people and sitting in locations and watching people use spaces. What we usually do in the lab is very hands-on. Um, so in my planning, I've had to adapt hands-on experiences in an online format to then be played out at the student's home. So some of it's kind of a guessing game with what I think they may have available at their house. Another goal I had in planning was to reduce the amount of screen time that students were having since they had so much screen time for their other subjects. 
So I've had to get creative in planning those hands-on experiences or outdoor experiences that they could at least have in their yard based on what the quarantine situation was going to be. Do you think um, that your students are still getting the same like quality education as they like online as they would if they were in school with you? You have to change the expectation of what school looks like right now and focus on the things that really matter. So if you're saying that the quality of education is that we're covering the same amount of content, then like, no, but that's not how I define what quality education looks like. Our freshmen and sophomores through how we use altitude, I think that a lot of things are running fairly similar. It's awesome for feedback. So you're still getting feedback from each one of your teachers. We're just delivering stuff differently. So in that way, I think it's it's about the same. But you can't downplay the importance of face-to-face relational contact. And I think that that's where it's different. Um, I'm finding out that some of the pieces that I'm not able to deliver is the is the almost accidental collision with ideas that I'm that I miss with my students that enrich their day or I hope that enrich their thinking or push their thinking. I'm not able to give them that accidental oh in that moment um, spontaneous uh, discussion. Going back to my first answer around relationships, I think that's the piece that's missing, and I think that that is central to how I operate as a teacher. I think learning is social, so. When a teacher organizes a class or a learning experience or designs a learning experience, part of the learning, maybe most of the learning, is actually student to student in the class, hearing each other's questions, offering each other feedback on a discussion, um, getting feedback on project pieces. And um, I think the fact that the Mount Vernon faculty were able to transfer that three-legged milking stool of curriculum, instruction, and assessment to an all-online environment virtually overnight. Um, I think they've done incredibly well, especially when you consider that most, if not all of them, have families that they are also serving as brother or sister or parent um, to people um, that are experiencing this change as well. My experiences now are really family-centered. Like they have to be because we are, have all this time together and how does that affect or how do I take that knowledge into my role as an educator to go, hey, I, I have experience with that now too. And this, to, this morning, I've been a kindergarten teacher, uh, a fourth grade teacher, an M, you know, MDE teacher, but also it's, it, those lines need to be blurry with being a dad and a husband. Um, and so having to mash all that together, actually really, I, I think the amazing things for how we uh, move forward in education. It's awesome to see how you have been able to like look at this problem and like go the Mount Vernon way of like being able to adapt and like be able to like make a good experience for the students while at the same time still able to educate them in this very difficult situation. <laughs> well, it's been an interesting balance of raising you all yeah. who are all home now. And then yeah. also maintaining a positive message in the classroom is trying to keep everybody stressed nice yeah. and low since we really don't know. What <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think the teachers at Mount Vernon and at many, many other schools um, are handling it remarkably well. I think that while we had some indicators that this might be coming, it 
was a really quick transition for people to have to transfer the curriculum and the instruction and the assessment that they were planning to do in person um, into a model where there's some just some different challenges with connecting with a whole class of students. Um, K2 has been spending a lot of time outdoors trying to make learn how to make observations and identify changes in plants for spring. Also look at um, food chains. What do you see? Which animals are showing up that we haven't seen in a while? Um, how do all these things affect each other? Um, some simple experiments. And then three, four, five said more of a weather and um, geology focus. Uh, some of the inquiry-based work that drives how I try to teach our class is still the principle of what we want to, to get students to do and how we want children, uh, students to think about the world around them is uh, driven that inquiry, driven by that curiosity. I will say that one of the things that has been a nice benefit, however, is one of the things that we push really hard was the idea that learning isn't just happening inside the classrooms. Um, something isn't just this explicit example that we might have given in math or in science, um, that you can actually see this out in the real world. The teachers have done a really good job of recognizing that the world around them is a great class. For instance, yesterday, my fifth grader and I, we went and explored how water gets to the house, which was a phenomenal thing that in a classroom, if you could imagine that, someone would have been showing you pictures. Here's what it looks like. Then to actually go and have to find that at home in our own house. I think the connections to the real world um, have been able to be that much stronger. So do you think that it's changing the way that people are learning? Uh, like they have to adapt differently? Do you think it's changing a lot? Absolutely. I think it requires all of us, teachers and students and families, right? Um, a lot of self-discipline, a lot of intrinsic motivation, right? Having to set your daily schedule, flexibility in that sense that it's open to fit the needs of everyone's as an individual schedule. So it's been really kind of pushing my teaching, even though it's been really challenging and I miss the connection. So it's, it's weird because some days I think it's so fun and so cool. And then other days it's really hard. So I don't know. I just take, I take every one day at a time. My philosophy on education because of this has not changed at all. Um, um, I love this particular quote from a guy by the name of Seymour Papert. And he talked about the idea of um, making sure that we're producing children, you know, students, learners that are prepared for situations that they weren't explicitly taught. So by that, the way I read that is instead of being able to do this specific set of math questions, you can go out into the world and see a situation, recognize, oh, this is a time for some mathematics, or this is a time for me to do some of my scientific investigation. Um, and so... With that, the idea that now all of a sudden all this stuff can happen in a school classroom, but a home classroom or a home yard or a home wherever, like no more. I mean, you can't think of a better place to go and recognize that now when the walls of school in its traditional sense are no longer there. So here's the crazy thing in this at-home learning world is that I feel... I'm pushing myself in my teaching by using more of these um, online resources and tools. 
more opportunity for kind of students to be on their own learning path, but still meeting their deadlines and hitting those benchmarks. So it's all about just finding a balance. I do think we're in this moment where we'll have what school was before this and what school was after it. And I'm curious to see like what the holdovers will be. So, yeah, thank you for this. This was very insightful and it's nice to see like how you guys are able to manage it. It's nice to see the teacher's perspective on things. So thank you. I've read that some people think teachers are on a break or not hurt working hard right now, almost like they're on vacation. But I think we've seen the opposite is true. I think that's definitely not true because, I mean, when all the teachers figured out that we were going to have to do online learning during spring break, they all made their schedules instead of having the break, which was a lot harder for them and had a lot more work. And I think that they're still like just as busy as they used to be because they're doing the same stuff that they were just on uh, video calls now. And they're doing a lot of them too throughout the day. Yeah, because now whenever they want to like meet with someone individually, they need to plan it and like plan when they're going to talk to them and planning the call and actually doing the call takes a lot more time than just walking up to them and being like, hey, when you get to talk. Some teachers are juggling their own kids plus students. Well, from personal experience, since my mom is the lower school science teacher, she's been mainly having to like divide her day into different parts where she's had to go into her room and do her work and try and figure out the classes she needs to do for her students while at the same time she's been making sure to have time to help us study for anything. She's been having to make sure she divides her day for the right amount of time to be able to handle us as well as be able to handle all of her work. Yeah, obviously I don't know this from experience like Thomas, but I'm sure teachers that have really young kids, it's a lot harder for them because you have to spend so much time to take care of them. And But you also have to be on your work calls. So I kind of feel like you have to figure out a way to like occupy them. Well, Thomas, it's time to wrap up this episode. But what do you think the main takeaways are? Honestly, one of our big sayings and that relationships are foundational to learning. I think we can really see what that means, how teachers are feeling it too. I know for sure that I miss seeing everyone every day and it sounds like the teachers really do too. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Getting Into Good Trouble. This episode was planned, written, directed, performed, and edited by students, Ansley Miller, Thomas Jackson, Ben, and Sam. Music was written, edited, and performed by Sam as well. Stay safe, wash your hands, and make sure to tune in next week when we will see what learning from home has been like for the little guys. Until then, thanks for listening, and if you like what you heard, please share our show. We love tracking our listeners around the world. Also, a big thank you for all the teachers who are working so hard along with the healthcare workers and all the essential workers that keep the world turning around.